Direct from the Broski Nation headquarters in Los Angeles, California, this is the Broski Report with your host, Brittany Broski. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Broski Report starring me, your host, Brittany Broski, the host of the Broski Report. Guys, what a goddamn year. Year in review. Spotify rap just came out. As of, what's today? November 30th. Um, I will not be revealing. <laughs> I will not. I know. I know. Shh, shh, guys, please. Let's calm down. I can't talk about my Spotify round. Because I'm embarrassed. I will say. Okay. Because it's embarrassment for a lot of different reasons. Because my hyperfixations. Hey, as we all know. As we are very well aware, as we are very well acquainted, they happen in the blink of an eye, okay? You might miss one. If you're not here every week, if you're not tuned in, if you're not plugged in, you will miss it. And there just so happened to be a month in April, in the year of our Lord, 2023, where I listened to this artist so much that uh, it they took the number one spot, Okay. And I don't, like, listen to them that often. But it was just this month I was like, holy shit, there's never been a better music than this. And it's, like, really not worth that. I'll reveal it. Fine. My number one artist was Midland. The country band. Midland. You know, that people say I got a drinking problem. That ain't no reason to stop. That song? I listened to that song 85 times in the month of April. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay? I think April was stagecoach. And so I was like, I have got to see Midland. And I think Mark, the lead singer of Midland, came out during one of the sets. And I was so fucking high. <laughs> I was so high at stagecoach. I don't remember. Me and Bestie Taylor had a fight. I was so high. <laughs> I was so high, we ended up fighting. Anyway, so that was my number one artist. I'm pissed off. Because no, it's not! That's not my number one artist! That girl who has box fan as her number one artist every year. That is so me. You know what I did to counteract that? You have to uh, watch it on YouTube. I bought YouTube Premium and I will die on this hill. I don't give a fuck, dude. YouTube Premium is worth every single dime. It is worth it. YouTube premium. I never watch ads. I never have to skip ads. I can, it still plays when I exit the app. I can lock my phone and it's still playing. It is glorious. So I'll do that when I'm like at a hotel or something like that. But when I'm home, I'll put it on my TV. I've, I've got YouTube on the TV and I'll just put a uh, brown noise, black screen, or occasionally if I'm feeling a little frisky, I will do a uh, thunderstorm, light rain, okay? Black screen. And that's what I watch. So all you girls out there who get box fan or white noise as your number one artist and song every year, listen to me. I fixed it. But I don't know if I up there. I don't know if I did. Because why the fuck is Midland my number one artist? I was going to post that. People are going to be like, who the fuck is Midland? People sang just because I'm living on the rocks. That song? 
for some reason my spirit needed to hear that you know what it is is i like was getting into midland like exploring other albums and stuff and on my google i would go into the kitchen and i'd say um you know google because i don't want to trigger any googles if you have because every time i say that shit everyone in my house goes off every single one in my house i would say um google play midland and then that was the number one song it would play. And so every time, and I'd be like, skip, but it would still play. It's clocking in those hours, whether or not I want it to. Okay. So whatever. Midland's my number one artist. I don't give a shit. I'm angry. I'm literally angry. Okay. Here's the number one thing on my mind today. I feel fucking ugly. Do you ever have days where you just feel ugly? <laughs> that TikTok that was like, I feel fat when I have oily hair. I feel fat when I have oily hair. Yeah, that's science, dude. I don't know how else to put that. Like that perfectly sums it up. Like I'm, I have a few zits on my face and I've just like, have not been taking care of my skin. I've been like really in the throes of seasonal depression. Like I just sit and stare. I just sit and stare at the wall. I have no motivation to do anything. It is currently 7 p.m. right now. I've been waiting around all day to do this. I've been putting this off. It's in my fucking house. This studio is in my house. And I was like, I just can't do it. Like, get a grip, dude. It's not that serious. Oh, oh you're sad because it's cold outside. <laughs> Grow up. Oh, I don't have any motivation. It dropped below 60 degrees. Oh my fucking God. Like, are you serious? I'm just a baby. I don't know. Oh, that's the problem these days. No one wants to get up and fucking work. Kim Kardashian is so... When you think about it, Kim Kardashian is a thought leader. When you think about it, Kim Kardashian really, like, we should really look to her for, for everything. Anyway, yeah, I feel fucking ugly. And also, my hormones are so off balance. They're so off balance. I just had this thought that on the bottom of my ghost Funko Pop, I need to write... Brit, like Andy in Toy Story. I'm going to go on all my Funko Pops and write Britney on the bottom. This is property of Britney. Yeah, this is actually my ghost Funko Pop. This is actually my Mandalorian Funko Pop. That's literally me. Okay. Yeah, I feel fat and ugly, dude. And there's nothing wrong with being fat and ugly. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, I'm not feeling that great. It's not... Not feeling my best. I've been breaking out everywhere. I've not been taking good care of my skin. I tried out, um, uh, I got a, a free sample package from La Roche Pussy. La Roche Pussy, that company. That everyone's like, oh, <gasps> La Roche Pussy. Whatever, that and like Drunk Elephant, all those brands where it's like, that is not, what do you mean you're paying $85 for a moisturizer? Huh? I got a package from La Roche Pousset and I was like, hmm, Roach Pussy, I would never pay for this myself. Let's give it a gander. I put on some of that nice cinnamide bullshit on my face. Oh! The, the Wilhelm scream. That's how I felt in the bathroom. And thank God, I was about to shave my face, you know, with one of, one of those little like microderm blades. Microderm blade, blade derm, microblade derm, microderm blade. Dermaplane razor, that, where you just, it's like for your peach fuzz. But you know, when you do that, sometimes I'll, I'll nick myself or whatever, like by accident. 
imagine if I would have shaved my face and then put that nice in my, oh, my face. I would have had to go to the fucking hospital, dude. I have such sensitive skin. Do y'all remember the video of Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star doing Kylie skin? I know you do. I know you, what? You're going to point fingers at me like I'm the only person that ever watched that video? Fuck off. That video of Shane Dawson when he puts the Kylie skin all over his face and he turns beet red. <laughs> it's like you put him under a fucking heat lamp. He turns beet red. That's how I felt. I was in the bathroom in my little my little robe and I was like, I'm going to be a skincare girl. I'm going to try out this roach pussy. This roach pussy cream. And I put on my face. My skin like peeled back. It was just exposed muscle. It was just exposed tendons and muscle and teeth. I morph into Shane Dawson. Hey, what's up, you guys? Yes. I was like, what the fuck? So I don't know if anyone else has had this experience with La Roche Poussée. But that shit had burned me. And then guess what? I go on the ingredient list. Fragrance. Parfum. The fuck are you putting parfum and facial stuff for? It's 2023! Get that motherfucking fragrance out of my skincare! Ooh, La Roche Poussée. Oh, my skin is peeling off. My skin is flayed off the bone. I'm spitting everywhere. I'm so mad. I was like, mm, this is so rich. I'm feeling rich. I put it on. Acid chemical burn. Not really, but close. So I will not be using that brand again. You know, the only brand, and this is not sponsored. This is this is horse's mouth to <laughs> the listening ear of Broski Nation. The only skincare line that I've found that actually works for my sensitive skin, literally like you breathe on me too heavy and I'll get a rash, is Tatcha. And I use the Tatcha cleansing oil and that uh, exfoliating rice polish or whatever it is. And not once has it burned me. Not once has it ever had like a negative effect. It keeps my skin smooth and clear. It is the only one um, I've really ever tried that like consistently uh, does well for me. And then I do use the Charlotte Tilbury moisturizer, which is so fucking expensive for no reason. It's a lotion. It's a lotion. Okay, why is the lotion 98 fucking dollars? But it's one of the only moisturizers I've found that isn't that greasy texture, but also isn't that, like I tried this Neutrogena moisturizer that was this water gel shit. That just about dried me out like a strip of jerky. Like I was left out to bake in the sun. I put it on and I was like, you couldn't even tell I put anything on. And I was thinking, well, is it like when you overwater a plant? Like, is it just so thirsty? My skin's like, please, please, for the love of Christ, please more, please more. And I'm like, uh, 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 no, no, no. Anyway, yeah, I will not be uh, cont continuing use of my, my Roach Pussy skincare line. Anyway, I'm feeling just ugly and bad. And sometimes you have days like that, and that's fine. <coughs> also, like I was saying, my hormones are out of balance. <coughs> and I guess there's a fucking Mucinex family living in my throat. <coughs> my hormones are out of balance. I don't know if this happens to anyone else, okay? And all of you bitches are gonna try to diagnose me. And you know what? I welcome it. At this point, fuck it. Diagnose me. Oh, you don't have a medical degree? I don't give a shit. Just diagnose me. Just tell me what's wrong. It is November 30th. 
bordering on December 1, and I have not had a period since June. So what's up with that, do you think? Like, that is so not good. Okay? Am I the next Virgin Mary? Am I the next Immaculate Conception? Y'all know I'm touch-starved. I'm not getting it. There's no way I'm pregnant. I'm the next Immaculate Conception. I'm 34 weeks today. <laughs> Holy shit. It's almost Christmas. I'm too, that's why I've been bloated, dude. Jesus. It's a boy. It's a twin. It's Trisha Paytas. It's the queen. Okay. I haven't had a period since June. The last time this happened was during the pandemic. And I literally was so, I worried myself sick. And I went to the gyno during, this is TMI. I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm so past the point of like trying to maintain boundaries. I, I switch back and forth on this, right? I'm like my, my identity online and my presence online is rooted and based in sharing my life experiences in, in the, in seeking relatability and community in the things I go through. And the joy of figuring out that people relate to what I'm talking about because I, no one's ever lived a unique experience. And so there's a benefit and reward inherently in sharing these things, right? Especially normalizing it. When you talk about things like this, where, you know, it's, it's health. This is health. It's women's health in a way that isn't like, ew, periods. Boys, when they go to the supermarket, I have stick my penis in a football. Girls, when they go to the grocery store, I have my period in the produce section. <laughs> if you are a person with a uterus, it's a scary, scary thing because your like livelihood and your quality of life is tied to what's going on in there. Like the hormone imbalances, the pain, like the, it affects everything in your body. And it's just so scary. So not having a period for six months, that's like, my hormones are very out of whack. And the last time this happened, it was during the pandemic. And I was like, I really don't want to go to a fucking doctor's office during the pandemic. Like it was, it was the middle of COVID, but I had worried myself sick. I was like balding. I had anxiety rashes. I was like, I don't like, I'm going to die. And so I, I booked an appointment and I went in and she did a blood test and literally all it was, all it was low on vitamins. Bitch, I needed a, I needed a Flintstones gummy. I paid so much money to go to the doctor for her to be like, just take a vitamin D gummy. Oh, right. Oh, so I'm malnourished. Fuck. Deadass. I was malnourished. She was like, you need vitamin C, vitamin D, and like a B12. And I was like, that's it? Yep. Just do a women's, women's daily vitamin. And then for the next two weeks, take a supplement of vitamin D. You'll be good. Oh. It's also like, oh, I'm just not going out in the sun. Because of course not. It was the pandemic. I had to be in my cave. Anyway, I'm hoping that's a similar, I'm not hoping, but like that would be a, a less scary alternative to if there's something growing on my ovaries or if there's something scarily wrong. I don't know. I just, I have such bad, like, what's that called? Medical white coat anxiety. Not of seeing the doctor, but I'm just a hypochondriac and I think the worst is going to happen. I think a, a lot of people do. But just when it comes to like women's health, I'm like, oh, it's so scary. Because I always talk about like, oh, I don't want kids. But what if I do one day? What if they have to take out my tubes? 
What if they gotta take my tubes out? You ever seen a dad wrap an extension cord <laughs> around his arm like this? Or like a hose from outside. My dad used to, my dad does that. Like when he's, and it's like to put it in a circle so you can store it on the wall. Uh, I'm just imagining they have to rip out my tubes and the doctor's going to do that and hang it on the wall. Or they're going to like put it in formaldehyde and be like, here you go. Here's your tubes. Ah, thanks. Thanks, doc. Anyway, send me good vibes and good luck on that. I have an appointment on Monday. Um, but yeah, in other news, I am the immaculate concept. I am the Virgin Mary. So, okay. Moving on to the songs of the week. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. (laughs) Do I have news for you guys? Oh, there's another fucking white man. There's another fucking white man of the month. And I just, at this point, I'm past apologies. I'm past apologies. There's really nothing to apologize for. This is, I just need to hold up a mirror to my own face and just accept that I'm no better than this. Okay? I'm no better than this. White Boy of the Month is Sam Fender. Who's Sam Fender, you may be asking. Great question. You guys are going to freak the fuck out. Yeah, you guessed it. He's an emaciated, pale English white man. So hot. I don't care. He looks like you know what energy he has? Uh best friend's older brother. That's the fucking energy he has, dude. I don't care. And he is he here is Oh my god. Oh my god. <gasps> okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Sam Fender. Or as he says it, Sam Fender. Sam Fender. He's from he's from Newcastle. I've been trying to work on my Newcastle accent because I figured out when I do when I am drunk, okay? Hey, I'll say it. Hi. I'll say it. When I'm drunk and I lean into the British accent and I'll start talking like this to everybody at the party, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm from Essex. Me dad works for, for the Royal Air Force. Like, I don't know, I'm back and forth. I've always been back and forth, but I did go to college. Sorry, not college, uh, university in Essex. Uh, but I've gone back and forth to Texas a lot. Do you know what I mean? I really like Texas. It's really hot. And it, it don't get that hot. Like, it feels like my Bayer, like my Yorker, something like that. Like, when I go to Texas, it's really nice. Like, I've perfected that, bitch. And that's from watching Towie, The Only Way is Essex, and Love Island. Okay? Now, mentioning Love Island. Newcastle. That's bad. Newcastle is such a specific English accent. And it's so, it's, it's Geordie and it's close to Scottish a little bit, but it's also got some Welsh in it and it's also got some Irish in it. And it's like very, I don't like, I've been trying to pinpoint, uh, uh, where I've heard it before. And I, oh my God, I made a list. Hold on. I have to share my list with you. Okay, so I watched this. I'm obsessed with accents. Like, that's my, I think it's like a, it's a, a byproduct of the language thing. Like, I'm obsessed with learning a second language and, and, and dialects within different languages and all that. I watched this video of this dude on TikTok, who also has a YouTube channel, I think, called The Accent Guy. And he ran through 
all the different, uh, a few of the different UK accents. And all the comments are always like, y'all live two feet apart from each other. Why do the accents vary so differently? Great question. Answer, history. Okay, so he went through all this, this like list of accents. And it was so funny because as he was doing them, I was like, okay, that sounds like this person. Okay, that's so-and-so's accent. So I was matching people with where they're from and I didn't even know they were from there. And so he did a, a, a Dolby accent which I'm not going to attempt to do, but that's you and Mitchell, bitch. That's you and Mitchell. And then I looked it up. He's from Derby. Uh, he did a, a Lancashire accent, right? Youngblood. Youngblood. Immediately as he did it, I was like, oh, that sounds like fucking Youngblood. Uh, he did a, a, a Yorkshire, a Doncaster accent. Louis Tomlinson. Okay. It's so like friendly, friendly. But that's also, it could be, uh, uh, where's Zane from? Bradford it could be I don't know there's so many like overlaps but they're also distinctly from that region so he started doing Yorkshire and I was like that's Louis Tomlinson and then uh H H the rapper Manchester okay so all of these I was like I know who talks like that and from Newcastle I can't it's different from Youngblood and two of the words that I'm like what the fuck? Why is that part of the dialect? Is when he talks, he'll be like, like if he's saying, um, like into it, like I got into it, I got into it. Like they cut the T out totally. I got into it. Or introspective is quite introspective. I was writing poetry. I was writing poetry. It's so weird. I hate it, but I don't. I don't hate it at all. <laughs> Do what? Don't hate it. Oh, really? I'm in love with him, dude. It's actually... Okay, so here... Let me just... Okay. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Raise your hand if you give a fuck. <sighs> Sam Fender is very, very, very Maddie Healy coded. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay? What I'm about to say. Just hear me out. Grain of salt. The good parts of Maddie Healy, some of you guys would argue, hey, there are none. Okay, whatever. I'm not actually going to give my opinion. The good parts of Maddie Healy, the activism, the uh, cultural awareness, the woke liberal, I say that in heavy quotations, perspective that he brings to his art to write a song like Love It If We Made It, uh, to write a song like Looking For Somebody To Love, which is a song about school shootings, by the way, which I could do a whole breakdown. I'll just do a breakdown really quick on Love It If We Made It. For those that, like, if you're one of those people that's like, I don't give a fuck about Maddie Healy, he's problematic, whatever. Yeah, okay, get it. I totally get it. And I'm not gonna stand up here and try to defend a white man. Like, I'm just really not gonna put myself in that position. And I honestly, like, <laughs> he's made mistakes. Okay, so Love It If We Made It is a sort of protest song. And the way that they went about writing it was they were pulling headlines from the news in 2016, um, which was the year Trump got elected. And it just felt like the world was on fire as it always is. And so many things were happening at once and you just feel so helpless. And they made this protest song where the chorus is, and I'd love it if we made it, you know, like this Hail Mary, everything's fucked but wouldn't it be great if we figured it out, if we made it, if we made it through it to the other side and 
I'm just gonna read it, okay? Also, I need to highlight again, he used to be a heroin addict. Okay, just whatever. We're fucking in a car, shooting heroin, saying controversial things just for the hell of it, selling melanin, and then suffocate the black men, start with misdemeanors, and we'll make a business out of them. We can find out the information, access all the applications that are hardening positions, all the applications that are hardening positions based on miscommunication. Oh, fuck your feelings. Truth is only hearsay. <laughs> We're just left to DK. Modernity has failed us. And that is going to be the tattoo that I have because the first time I heard this song, I wept uncontrollably. And every time I hear it live, I have the same reaction. So all of that, like it's based on, you know, QAnon and fucking how, how scary it is when your truth really does become hearsay. When truth is brought into question, you know, that is terrifying. And poison me, daddy, I've got the Jones right through my bones. Ride it on a piece of stone, a beach of drowning three-year-olds. Rest in peace, little peep, the poetry is in the streets. Jesus save us, modernity has failed us. Um, beach of drowning three-year-olds, that was, Maddie like tells this story of in the UK, um, uh, the refugee crisis and how children are always the first victims and um, how it really just shook the UK. Consultation, degradation, fossil fueling, masturbation, immigration, liberal kitsch, kneeling on a pitch. That's about Colin Kaepernick uh, refusing to stand for the pledge. I moved on her like a bitch, excited to be indicted. That's directly a reference to Donald Trump, his famous, I moved on her like a bitch, grab, grab her by the pussy. Unrequited house with seven pools. Thank you, Kanye, very cool. The war has been incited, and guess what? You're all invited. And you're famous. And you're famous. Modernity has failed us. All of that together, I just like, there's a certain, I always talk about this. There is a certain level of artistic excellence that is, and I, I always describe it like this, that the art is in the marble. And the artist is merely just removing the excess pieces to reveal that art that had to be there. It was always there. That art always had to be made because of course it was going to be made. And this is one of those songs to me. It's like Maddie Healy, the 1975, this song means so much to me because it's a hard thing to encapsulate the feeling, that, that Bo Burnham funny feeling of there's so much hypocrisy and injustice and joy and sorrow and despair always. That is the human experience but we are witnessing it on a scale that has never been so visible to us before. And songs like this where it's just, it feels like a sucker punch, just every verse is like, oh yeah, and that happened. Oh, and did you forget about this? Did you forget about this? And why was Trump praising Kanye West? And why is this and that? It's just like, what the fuck? And then to throw religion into it, Jesus save us, modernity has failed us. I just think that this song is a work of art. His personal politics and his his bullshit aside, whatever Maddie Healy's done, I'm not going to defend it. But this song changed me. So to bring it back to Sam Fender, he has a song called Hypersonic Missiles. Okay, this song is very, very. Uh, when I say Maddie Healy coded, th that's what I'm referring to. It's very Brave New World 
you know, uh, Big Brother 1984, like this, this class consciousness, helplessness, but also being acutely aware of, you know, what role you might play. Because we all have played a role in colonization and in the patriarchy. And we have to unlearn those things. And Drew Afwalo has been really um, monumental in my sort of understanding of this, of how you, you can think you're doing the best you can, but there are some things that are just so inherent in our culture that uphold colonization and, and uphold the patriarchy and uphold misogyny. And uh, it, you have to to make a concerted effort to unlearn those behaviors. And it's a hard and messy process. And of course, I'm only speaking on it through the lens of a white woman. Like I just, it, it's, it's so vastly different for so many people who live in America that I, you know, no one is free from the grasp of the patriarchal colonization of our minds. Anyway, this kind of is that, you know, it's this feeling that I feel like I'm failing to articulate, but you recognize all the things wrong with the world and there is a sort of obeisance to these cruel elitists where we feel that sometimes our fate is in their hands because we feel so powerless. And I feel like something similar, something's happening in the U.S. right now where the cost of living is out the fucking roof and to be alive is just to suffer, you know? And, and I think the wealth gap has never been more clear in this country and people are literally, it's, it's approaching like revolution will not be televised sort of energy. People are fed up. And so that level of almost teetering towards that, but still just being, you know, feeling like you're powerless. And that's why people don't vote. And that's why people, even if you do vote, you're like, my vote doesn't fucking matter because no real change is going to come from this. All of us being forced to vote for Joe Biden was a punch to the gut. It was the lesser of two evils. I mean, that's my opinion, you know, but it's like nothing you, it's so easy to feel like I, is anyone hearing me? Is anyone seeing this? And with this song, I think it encapsulates that of I'm seeing it, I'm watching it, but what the fuck can I do? What can I do? I'm one person. So anyway, here are the lyrics. I eat myself to death, feed the corporate machine. I watch the movies, recite every line and scene. God bless America and all of its allies. I'm not the first to live with wool over my eyes, period. I'm so blissfully unaware of everything. Kids in Gaza are bombed and I'm just out of it. This also came out in 2019, by the way. The tensions of the world are rising higher. We're probably due another war with all this ire. I'm not smart enough to change a thing. I have no answers, only questions. Don't you ask a thing. That's exactly what I'm fucking talking about, dude. He just, he fucking gets it. He gets it. Sam Fender, hey, do you want to come on the podcast and can we just talk for a second? I have so much I want to talk to him about. It takes such a level of awareness 
and to incorporate that awareness into your art. I just have the, uh, I just, I want to talk to him. I just love him there. And this isn't, there are so many of his songs. Like it really influences his lyricism and it bleeds into singing music with something to say, singing music with a message, which of course I love. Y'all know I love that. All the silver tongued suits and cartoons that rule my world are saying it's a high time for hypersonic missiles. When the bombs drop, darling, can you say that you've lived your life? Oh, this is a high time for hypersonic missiles. I have chills across my entire body. Like, across my entire body. Cities lie like tumors all across the world. A cancer-eating mankind hidden in our blind side? They say I'm a nihilist because I can't see any decent rhyme or reason for the life of you and me, but I believe in what I'm feeling and I'm firing for you. This world is going to end, but till then, I'll give you everything I have. I'll give you everything I have. Like, I have chills all over my body. He is one of those artists. He's one of those artists that fucking gets it. All the silver tongue suits and cartoons that rule my world. It's such a strange feeling. And like, I hope that someone can like validate that feeling. Like if you know it of, I'm smart enough to understand what's happening. And I'm smart enough to see that history is repeating itself. All the bullshit that we're living through has happened time and time again. Now it's just tainted and poisoned by the idea of technology being a, a variable in it, of technology and cybersecurity and AI, all of these things now being influential elements and influential factors in these age-old conflicts, you know, human conflicts. I'm seeing all of it happen and I'm just like, I'm so removed because you have to be, you have to be removed or you will literally go insane. Humans were not meant to consume media at the rate that we are today. I don't know how anyone is like floating with their head above water. It is so all consuming all the time, inundated with data and media and memes and articles and TikToks and videos. And I can't eat a fucking meal without watching a tea spill video. Like I have got to be stimulated all the time. And when I'm not, I freak the fuck out. I freak the fuck out. And this isn't new. I'm not the first person to talk about this. Everyone's talking about it. I just feel like this music makes it bubble up to the fucking top for me. And I know some people don't like to listen to music like that. Like I know that. I know that it's kind of, you know, that's why in the 2010s, or what's it called? Recession pop? Like when the world is going to shit and the world's on fire, it's like club bangers are coming out. Party Rock is in the house tonight. You know, like, like let's just party. Party our cares away. And so I like this type of music. Fuck me. Fuck me. And then his album that came out in 2021 was about the pandemic. And that's a whole, I could talk about it for hours of how that it just uh, on top of the technology aspect in global conflict, the pandemic, we've never recovered from it. If you think we've recovered from the COVID-19 pandemic, you are mistaken. We don't know how to treat each other. We don't know how to go out in public. 
Like there are things that will never be the same, obviously, but it's it's like a, a loss for hu- humankind. Oh my God, I watch these scary TikToks sometimes and I have to stop myself of this is, we're, technology is advancing faster than humans can keep up with and we are on the brink of this fear of being thrust back into the dark ages because we can't keep up and and we're going to let it divide us to a point that's not fixable. And that's a real scary thought that we will be our own undoing as, as humanity. Um, anyway, but then after that comes a beautiful renaissance. Renaissance the movie. Anyway, Sam Fender. <laughs> Sam Fender. He has a song called How Down Aldi Death Cue. <laughs> and this gives me like, I don't know the exact uh, nom- nominer. Is that the word? Nominer. Nomenclature. Nomenclature. Yeah, I don't know the term or terms applied to someone or something. I don't know the nomenclature for, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, this sort of anti-establishment revolutionary Brit pop that was happening in like the early 2000s, late 90s. Like, I don't really know what exactly that's called, but it gives me that. Like early Arctic Monkeys vibes um in the sort of like of like the constant guitar and the drums are just it's just noise you know there's not really it's kind of a riz a, a melodic it's just with the guitar and the drums it's very british this song starts off with with get off the metro now rule britannia marmalade and jam anyway this is about covid and it says uh, I got a letter from the NHS, which is the National Health Service, I think, in, in the UK. National Health Service, which is what it sounds like in the UK. It's where everyone goes to the doctor. It's public health care. And uh, I got a letter from the NHS. It said it's here for 12 weeks or 12 weeks or summit. I'm 25 going on 95. Yeah, I'm 25 going on 95 and I want to die. <laughs> in a Howden Aldi death queue. Howden... Which Howden is a re- like residential area in the north northwest northeast of England. Where the fuck is Newcastle? This is like really showing my American ignorance. Newcastle map, Sunderland. No, where the fuck is it? Yeah, northeast. Aldi, like the grocery store, and then Q is the British term for line. And I remember, I literally remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I I had never used Instacart before. I had never had like a grocery delivery service, anything like that. This is when they were saying like, wear gloves and masks and like disinfect everything, disinfect your milk carton, disinfect everything. Like it was such an anxiety inducing thing to go to the grocery store and so this is crazy because it's like, oh my God, it made all those feelings come back of like the death queue, the Aldi death queue. Yeah, bitch, that's how it felt. Like going to Ralph's, going to Kroger is like I'm risking my life. And it was. And they would let old people go in first at like 6 a.m. God, that just feels like I, I have to remind myself that it actually happened. 
And we were in Los Angeles. I mean, it was like the worst of the world. We were still wearing masks into uh, early 2022, which is just wild. Like Los Angeles never really, it feels like the rest of the world opened up. Even New York would like open and close and open and close. The South was totally open like three months into the pandemic, part of the problem. But then Los Angeles was so strict for so long, but there was no like adherence to it. You know, like it would be, oh, we're getting rid of the masks. Ah, the masks are coming back. It's like, that's not fixing it. Whatever. I could rant about it. And at the end of this song, he says, whoa, 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 keep your distance. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's less than two fucking meters. Because you had to stand two meters away from each other. Oh, I love him. Okay, so my favorite, I always do this. I have to give a 48-minute <laughs> precursor to why these are my three favorite songs of the week. Fuck me. Okay. Three favorite songs of the week. Long Way Off. Actually, it's going to be six. <laughs> Long Way Off by Sam Fender. Uh, I by Sam Fender. Call Me Lover by Sam Fender. White Privilege by Sam Fender. That Sound by Sam Fender. Howden Aldi Death Cue by Sam Fender. Getting Started by Sam Fender. Like from both of the albums, it's uh, there's... Honestly, for me, the only skips are like the really slow, sad ones. Because I'm just really not in the headspace to listen to that right now. Okay. I'm just really not. I'm really not. And then I didn't know. Because my friend Kat got me into Sam Fender. Okay. Now, hear me when I say that. Kat is like so plugged in to like British music scene. She's, she loves that shit. She's always like, we talk music all the time. She... Told me about Sam Fender like two years, a year and a half ago. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really into, I have, you know, Arctic Monkeys 1975, like my sort of uh, Tumblr era of British pop rock, alt indie rock. I'm good. I like the Wombats. You know, I like that sort of thing. She was like, no, he's, uh, trust me. And I was like, whatever. Girl. It came on shuffle and I was like, now what have we here? And then I was like, holy shit, this is that dude Kat told me about. And so I've been, of course, obsessively, obsessively listening to him, watching all of his Reading and Leeds performances, all of his Glastonbury festival performances. He did a, you know how BBC Radio 1 does the the live lounge covers where like Harry did wet dream and the Lizzo song. And, uh, it's when people cover each other's songs, he did a cover of break up with your girlfriend. I'm bored by Ariana Grande. First of all, period. Second of all, he did one of back to black baby Winehouse. uh, period. And he like Sam fenders it up. He like makes it sound like it's his song, which is such a skill. Like not only do you have a skill in identifying and branding your own sound, but to the point where you can take someone else's body of work, rearrange it and make it sound like your own song. That is talent. That is talent, motherfucker. I love him. Anyway. Get into Sam Fender, bitch, because it's going to it's gonna be a while. This is going to be probably one of those, like, constant heavy hitters for me. I hope he doesn't do anything that's going to make me um, upset. I love him. 
there's always a fear there of coming on record and being like, I love this person. And then tomorrow he's going to do some stupid bullshit. And now for the rest of time, I'm in my tombstone here. Like, she loved Sam Fender. <laughs> Fuck! Ah. I do think, and this is not the time to have this discussion, but we really should open up that wound of what do you do when your favorite person lets you down? Are you inherently tied to them forever? Or can you still be nostalgically uh, sympathetic to what that piece of art has done for you in your life and be disconnected from the artist? I feel like that it's a constant. Some people are like, he's a piece of shit. Never talk about him again. Oh, she still supports da da da. And it's like, well, I didn't know he was doing all that, girl. If I would have known that, you think I still would? You know, it's like there's no nuance in these conversations. And it's very hard to be a fangirl nowadays. <laughs> Trust and believe. You have to, I have to literally put these people through a fucking background check to make sure that it's okay to like them. It's crazy. Anyway, I've also been on my dark academia grind, uh, aside from Sam Fender. I've got this, this, there's a playlist on Spotify called, uh, dark academia, dark academia, studying and reading. Get into that. I've been, I've been putting this on while I read and it's been great. All right, guys, I think that'll do it for me for this episode. Oh, next time I'll talk about kingdom of ash and cause I finished, I finished the entire throne of glass series. Wow. 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 Um, emotionally void okay i sobbed so hard i'll talk about it next episode uh and i guess people who like are, are going to read it or don't want spoilers can skip ahead like in the next episode um but i want to talk about it okay because sjm wow period sarah j moss what a universe builder i'm about to start i want to start crescent city because that's the third like installment in the Sarah J Mass uh, universe, like the, the sort of concentrated universe. But I kind of want to give myself a break from Sarah J Mass because I went straight from Akatar into Throne of Glass and I want to read Fourth Wing. And I'm going to read Fourth Wing and then the sequel just came out. So, and that's what I've been waiting for is I wanted to read them back to back. Then I'll go back to Crescent City. Um, yeah, that's kind of my game plan. So yeah, I love you guys. Thanks for listening and I will see you next week. Go subscribe to the Brittany Broski YouTube channel if you give a shit about if I live or die. Go subscribe to the Brittany Broski YouTube channel and this channel on YouTube if you watch. Okay, love you. Bye.